Ow! There it was. There was the jaunty tune. That's it? Yeah. You should write the theme. Since I wrote the theme for ARG, you should write the theme for Insert Disc 2. Okay. Boat sucks! Boat sucks! Boat sucks! Boat sucks! Okay. Feedback from our last uh, Insert Disc 2. I don't want to see feedback from the new one. <laughs> um, Scopey33 writes... Who? Scopey33. Scopey? Yeah, Scopey. Frequent commenter. Okay. I still have my iMac from 2001 and refuses to die. I personally was glad that Apple ditched the disk drive as it was useless for graphic designer anyway, as we were rocking the USB PsyQuest drives at the time. I had one of those two. I didn't have USB, I had a parallel version. And just like we talked about, he agrees that it was a lot less hassle to get set up and internet ready right out of the box. Uh, this was a big selling point back then. When was the first time that you, confu you configured a computer for the internet? It was mm -hmm. one of mine. It was Doom related. Uh, well, actually, it, it was at for a network. It was Doom related for the internet, which ran over the network. It was for me in in Lexington. I was living on. I was living with Wes and Jerry, so that would have been la 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 ninety. I don't know ninety six, ninety five, something like that. Yeah. Was there windsock trumpet windsock? Boy, I, I do remember fourth. I can't remember. It's See, that's the that's the kind of stuff that people bought an iMac because of that stuff. Because you took that, it out yeah, of the box. It was nightmarish. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, Lobsterminator, who is with us in the chat right now, writes, "I totally agree with Boat. I don't even need to read the rest of it. About that's what? All I, that's all it means. Even in '88, the power users were dreaming that the Amiga would grow into the workstation that Next eventually became." Next was pretty much a failure, but without it, Apple would have died out later on because the old Mac OS was technically really obsolete. To succeed, Amiga would have probably also needed an OS that was Unix-based or close to Unix in security and network features. Amiga OS was too prone to system-level crashing to be a serious workstation. Uh, and then he says that it's, it's the, sa the same sort of thing if Apple had not gotten beyond the, their normal... Uh, one through nine, OS one through nine, and not made the jump to a Unix-based operating system like OS ten, they probably would have met the same fate as Amiga did. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, perhaps. I remember when Next were that was a big deal. Oh yeah, and they were just it just it didn't it didn't go. Well, they they sold themselves. You know, they 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 were they were developing these workstations that were tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. and nobody's got that kind of cash. Uh, I think that Sun Sun was their main competitor, and they could undercut them because they were so large. Sun was another one. They were the big rendering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Silicon. The, the, the next story is really interesting. To me, that's the most interesting part of the Steve Jobs story is his years at Next because it was uh, it was just so so weird. I think his sweaters were the most interesting story about him. He looked like a real creep. Am, <laughs> you I, think so? am I wrong? Did he look? He anyone, looked like a guy. Is a, anyone creepier than that guy? Than Steve Remember Jobs? Remember the sprockets on Saturday Night Live? Now is the time when we dance. He looked like one of those guys. Just a weird, creepy So if you guy. wear a black mock turtle net sweater, then you're immediately creepy? He looks creepy in the face. <laughs> the sweater was part of it, but the face was part of it. He was just a weird, creepy guy. He may have been this incredible, insane genius, but he was creepy looking. You can't deny that. I, I Look will, at a I will, I will this, I've seen Steve Jobs' face before as a former Listen, Apple employee. Anyone in the chat room that's ever seen this guy, you tell me if he's not creepy. I guarantee that he is. Creepy dude. So what else you got? We move on. Um, <laughs> Wezer 
His name is first name Wes, last name Zer. Wes. Yeah, he says, I think if the Amiga was still dominant, Microsoft would have somehow insisted on implementing their stuff on the Amiga or just bought Amiga completely. What do you think the chances of that were? Microsoft buying I'd rather Amiga. be dead. Than have my, I'd rather be dead than have You wouldn't Microsoft like to fire on. up your 1200 with Windows XP loading up on the desktop? Absolutely not. Hmm. In fact... That's one of the th drawbacks from emulating the Amiga is it has to happen in the Windows environment. I just, it just doesn't feel right to me. Because when I had the Amiga back in the day, I was emulating the the MS-DOS. I was the boss. Okay. The, the worm turned. So let's... Oh, and he says thumbs up for the Aussie, get ready for this, stubby holder, too. Of course. The stubby holder. Do you know what that is? I don't. That's your, that's your koozie. That's what oh, they, yeah. That's what they call them down under. The stubby holder. This was a gift. Yeah, it was a gift from Graham Vebke. Graham Vebke. Another man from a lounge. We've got a lot of nice gifts from Graham. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. He got us this bourbon. The bourbon use, is gone. I use this every time. Now, you'll recall, well, do you remember why you made me start using a, a koozie? was because I kept clanging the glass. Right. Now the, you're clang free since yeah, but, 2016. I, I tell them, I always go, where the hell is my koozie, bud? You do. You yeah. demand it, yeah. even though we no longer need the koozie because yeah. we updated our microphones. But I'm, I'm glad that it still lives on. It makes on. me feel like a big man if I've got the cool foreign koozie. You don't need that to make you feel like a big man. Well, hell, I need all I can get, honestly. Mm. Um, so... I had something that I was going to talk about. Oh, I know what it was. So, I, this is a serious question. All right. As somebody that does not spend a lot of time in the Amiga desktop environment on Workbench, as All it right. were. Well, I don't spend a whole lot of time. Okay, well, you, you'll know enough to answer this question. Okay, so let's take that the height of the Amiga was 1991. We looked at some sales figures on Discord. All and right. That's the, so, in 1991, what could you do on the Amiga Workbench that you could not do in a Windows environment. Well, 91 is way before Windows 95 was released. So I'm just gonna, I'll tell you the first thing that blew me away. Okay. I'm sure I've mentioned this. I could open up Windows OS and I could format a disk and do something else. That in itself was amazing to me. On the PC, when you're in MS-DOS, you're doing one thing. You're formatting the disk. Uh, now, uh, Windows 3.1 and three, you know, people consider that Windows 3.1 and 3.1.1 were like the definitive early versions of, of Windows. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Uh, and so I, but they were junky. And I, everyone hate, like everyone I know that had a PC did not use Windows it, before 3.1.1. No one did. And because it, was, it, seemed, it seemed pointless because it, most stuff ran out of DOS. I was a gamer, and so we all all were junkered out DOS. So no one su really supported the Windows environment that I knew. None of the stuff I used. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first things I started using Windows exclusively for was email. And it was I was using a program called Eudora mm -hmm. uh, that was a Windows-based email I program. I remember Eudora. And there would be a game or something here or there that demanded that you use... Uh, um, that that demanded that you used Windows to, to, to run it. But those, I always hated those. You know, I remember an like early version of Samurai Showdown was like that. They had a, they had a Windows version. Well, you know, eh, it was a So I normally I just wouldn't even play those games. Mm. Uh, where, I mean, Amiga DOS, and listen, it's not perfect. This is the, and this is, you know, an older version. But I mean, you could multitask for real. Now, let me ask you a question. Could you open up Worms? No. 
And I know where you're going. No, you couldn't do that. There so. were some. There were some little programs that you could multitask in Windows and do other stuff. But Windows, for copy protection purposes, you could very very few games where you could do two things at once. No, I'm talking about on the Amiga. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Because oh. most games didn't boot up through the. You had to you put the disc in and boot it. And most games didn't support the hard drive. So it just bypassed Workbench. Do you remember altogether. DOS booters? DOS booters were the same way. You just put the disc in, you turn the computer on, it boot off the disc. I don't think I ever had a game that did that. Yeah, that, these are old, old DOS games that would do it. You know, like, I mean, like Commando and stuff. You put the DOS booter disc in and it would boot. And the, of course, the Amiga is clearly the same way. And, and like I said, due to the rampant piracy, you know, pirates like myself, we were the worst enemy. Of, I mean, we're in America, it didn't matter. But still, if you weren't buying the stuff outright, you really were. I hate to admit it, but it's true. I mean, you killed the you killed the system in a number of ways. You killed it financially because you weren't buying the software, but you were also killing it from a usability perspective. You were adding these idiotic uh, check, you know, piracy checks. In fact, Indiana Jones had one. Uh, it, you were you were at, the Amiga would put these crazy uh, 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 disc-based protections in. That you that you had you could it even eliminated your your ability to use like a second disk drive in a lot of games. You could use one drive. It was DF zero for every disk. There was no hard drive installation. There was no using other disk drives. So having that second drive, I remember when I got it. I'm like I'm in good shape now. Two drives, and when that thing popped up the first time, it said please insert di disk two in the DF zero. I was like, oh, because most, a lot of those things didn't support the second drive. So you, you're literally, as a pirate, you were taking away the usability of your own computer. Mm. It's very, uh, you feel like it's sort of an idiot now. I kind of, I mean, you know, it didn't occur to me at the time, but I mean, you, it, it, they had to cripple your own computer to, to try to keep you from pirating this stuff. And the hilarious thing is, the stuff you're playing that's crippled is pirated. So not only did it not work, but it also crippled the machine. <laughs> so it was double trouble. Everyone lost, except for the pirated guy who didn't mind using the same disk drive over and over. So, you know, eh. So is there, did you remember doing anything that was, you know, you mentioned formatting a disk while you were doing something else. But apart from that, can you think of any other time you were actively multitasking on the Amiga? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could, I mean, you could uh, go online, for example. Um, and surf BBSs and stuff like that. You could do. I mean, you could do stuff within the, within the, uh, in the world of the OS or play uh, play MP3 or not MP3s, but play like mod files. Mm -hmm. You know, there was stuff. But are, am I going to load up like Shadow the Beast? No, you're not. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. So the Amiga games didn't run in a window the way we think about you know modern PC games. Very running. few. Okay. Most of them ran. Uh, most of them, just, you just took the system. You could, there was no multitasking. So effectively, what you had was a multitasking environment that you couldn't multitask on due to the, you know, and some of it was memory constraints as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you couldn't have the OS loaded up and the game needed that extra memory. Right. You've got to consider that the Amiga's base memory was was different over three or four different systems, and so you sort of had to cater to those different systems and their memory requirements. Which that's every you know PC of the day, but so but sometimes they just that would they would do it for memory. I'm sure memory concerns were part of it too. Still, it still seemed light years ahead of what the PC guys were doing. If you compare Amiga OS to say an early version of Windows, I mean it, I, the Amiga OS was pretty hardy, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, uh, for what I did for it. Now I wasn't doing anything heavy, 
But, you know, if just the ability to do a couple of things. Just if, I didn't know what multitasking was. I came from an environment that was straight up DOS. Now, my buddy had a thing called double DOS. It let you do like two things at once, but mm. it was very remedial. Mm. You know, now, and eventually the PC sort of caught up. They had a thing called, they, the PC had different versions of, of, of OS environments that, would, that weren't Windows. OS2, OS2 Warp was the IBM's entry. What about the DOS shell? The DOS shell from Windows. Yeah. The problem with the DOS shell is it wasn't tr- after Windows ninety eight. The DOS shell wasn't a true. There was no true DOS. It was a simulation of DOS, and so it limited what you what could be done. Like in early versions of Windows, when you exited DOS, you were in DOS. Mm-hmm. There was a time though where there after a certain point, you were never really in DOS. Windows was still lurking around. You know, and so and it made and Windows. Another thing is you got to remember back in the day, not to go too long on this, but you had a limited amount of space, hard drive space, and so now they want me to install a seven disk program on that hard drive. That's and it, all it does is just exist there. It's an operating environment. Well, you you weren't too keen on it when you'd be used to running DOS that was like a disk or two. You loaded up, you know. Uh, it it was it. And I was like, okay, what benefit am I going to get from this? Well, they're really, it was good. things ran slower, the games ran crappier, and nothing looked better. Mm-hmm. Why am I using this? You know, right. at the time it didn't. Then, eventually, and of course, this would have been the, uh, you got to think in '95, the Amiga was pretty much done. And especially in the U.S., it was absolutely. And then here comes Windows '95. Well, Windows '95, it was a revolution. Uh, it was an evolutionary uh, uh, leap. From from 311 because Windows 95 was really the first modern Windows that you would that you would recognize today. You know that had was usable mm-hmm. to a certain degree, so it was a pretty big deal. You know, and then Windows was off and running at that point. Pretty much everything else was done at that point, and so you could and then you could do the multitasking stuff. I can do on the Amiga. Okay, now I can do it with no right. problem. Right, and plus you've got the added benefit of the speed and the more mem- so, the more memory that you got. It's interesting because you know coming at it from you know a Mac perspective, um, you know Macs could do all of this stuff you know as early as the Amiga could, but there were you know ninety nine percent of the population had never used a Mac. And well, so, Mac a part of the Mac situation was the price. Uh, right, the price was. I mean, maybe this is the same thing we're talking about the BBC Microsoft. Mm-hmm. The Macs were like. I mean, and whether this is true or not. From a usability standpoint, they were sort of like the Cadillac. Oh yeah, of, yeah. Of, I mean, no one could afford it. Especially these you know in the, especially in the going throughout pretty much the Amiga's you know most of its life in the early '90s. That's when the cost really started to spiral out of control, and Apple started losing tons of money. They were making, they were still making all these machines in the states. They were always made in the United States, um, and they were they they were really good machines, but they just couldn't figure out how to make them cheap enough. And and they and that's when that they really started. I never to go thought downhill. they tried to make them cheap. I thought they I thought they were they looked at their stuff like a boutique item. Oh, I, I still think they did. I don't think so because when you're losing as much money as they were losing in the mid '90s, they would do anything to get them you know, get those things out the door. The problem was. They, I think they lost a lot of their base when, in the early days of the Mac due to the expense. Well, that and the fact that some of the early Macs, the, the, the first Mac and the Mac 2, were insanely expensive and difficult. To, they, they, they weren't good computers. Um, they, they didn't have enough RAM. They didn't have a built-in operating system, so you had to swap. You had to put in the, the operating system, start it up, and then when you wanted to put in a game or anything else, you had to take the system disk out, put in the game. A lot of times, then you'd have to take the game disk out, put the operating system disk back in. It was a real mess. Now, what is that Mac I've got? 
the Mac that you have comes from the early 90s. So okay. that's that's one of the, the last 68,000 based Macs out there. Um, and it was mostly used, it was, it was designed for home use or educational use, so it wasn't the, the top end. But it's a good example, it's a solid example of what being a Mac user was like in say 1992 or 1993. Mm -hmm. But have you ever got? Have you ever even powered it up and Absolutely. played with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, weren't you there? And I oh yeah, yeah. It works. Hard drive comes right oh, out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it works fine. That's great. It's I think got TV in capabilities as well. You can actually, uh, you know, bring in a TV signal to it. I think a lot of people look at the 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 best Mac from the the late 80s or early 90s is the SE30, which is still that compact all-in-one nine-inch black and white screen, but it's got a hard drive, it's really quick, you could expand it in all kinds of crazy ways. Um, and then once they moved into the more modern machines like the one that you have, the problem they ran into was they were just infinitely differentiated. So there were like 16 models of almost the exact same computer and nobody knew which machine to buy. Yeah. And, that's why when Steve Jobs came back, that was the, the, the best move that he made was say, we've got four computers now. We've got two laptops, a pro and a not pro, and a, two desktops, a pro and a not pro. It's funny because one thing, the Mac, of course, you've got the, it, it, they're their own world. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so Apple decides what machines, how much, how many variants, right? The PC world, uh, you, you would think that would be an advantage to Mac. Uh, and, and in some ways it is. The PC world was so crazily splintered i mean you've got a x86 mm -hmm. and let's say you've got a standard amount of memory four meg at the time mm -hmm. or whatever maybe a 20 meg hard drive but i mean after that you could have any number of audio or video cards uh and for better or for worse mostly for better i think that the one of the advantages that the pc had was the easy expandability plus when you since you've got a wider user base you're going to get more people making more stuff for it uh, but uh, the Mac, that's why when we talked about what the Amiga would be like today, I think it would be like the Mac in the same way that there are advantages to having that closed walled garden is that you control, uh, and I mean, the Amiga, granted, they had a million wacky peripherals, mm -hmm. but when you boil it down, there's a bare minimum that every Amiga's got. There's a chipset that every Amiga at least has the bare minimum of, and so you've got a starting point. We're on the PC. You can have a PC with a Hercules card. You can have a PC with a Super VGA card. You can have a PC with an all-in-one, you know, super card. You mm -hmm. know, you never knew. You never knew. Did it have AdLib? Did it have Roland? Did it have Sound Blaster? Right. And, and so, it, I, so there are advantages to having that, to having a little environment to work with. But uh, I, I think economically, from a market standpoint, the PC was a more uh, attractive. Uh, uh, platform for manufacturing and for software designers because they had uh, uh, they could they could sit games with a higher say uh, with higher uh, minimum standards and whatnot and yeah. they knew that people could do it easily it yeah. wouldn't be that big a deal and and it would drive sales of video you know we, we come we come at it from a perspective of gaming Yes. You know, and so you're never going to even people that are the most die-hard Mac fanboys of all time. They're going to say, "Yeah, the Mac is not." If you're a gamer, the Mac the Mac was never designed to play games like Steve didn't even want that tile sliding game on the first Mac. He wanted it to be a business. That, the Apple II was the gaming thing, you know, and so. Apple has never cared about video cards the same way that 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 the PC has because at the end of the day, unless you're doing 
3D video rendering, it doesn't matter what video card you have. You know, you can run Photoshop all day long. You can run all the spreadsheets you want. You know, you can do almost anything without an external video card. I think card. the change came when, uh, well, I think that's no longer the case, clearly due to the manipulation of video, for example. Uh, that's going to take a lot stronger. Uh, well, I can run, I have integrated graphics on my i3 PC, and I've rendered Amigos uh, but you're going to run into, depending on what you're doing, you're going to run into limitations that, that an advanced, uh, listen, the Mac, the current Macs have a, a pretty advanced video chipset in them. Oh, yeah. But everything hits a wall. And right. if there's not the expandability there, then you get a problem. Yeah, and that's, you know, one of the... And the, the Macs weren't as expandable as a PC. Right. I mean... Right, but I mean, but if you look at, like, back in the day... You know, like when was the first time that you like on the Amiga? There is no, there's no upgrading the video card. There aren't. Yeah, you can on some of the Amigas, the ones that have Zorro slots. You can you can upgrade the video. Okay, but there, I guess, but it's it. But was that something that an Amiga that Commodore made for the Amiga, or was it insanely expensive? Was I don't it know. A third see, party I don't produced anything i'm mm -hmm. not sure but I, I, it would be interesting to know again, like the Mac. Yeah, it would be interesting to know how many. How many people were using those Zorro, those updated Zorro cards, and for what? For I what would say the percentage so. was low. Mm -hmm. I would say it's low. Now, again, you, the Amiga was involved in a lot of video production at the time, so you don't know what that's what what was, in, you know, what they used for that sort of thing. But I mean, it, it, I mean, much like the Mac, I'd say it's a low number yeah. of of your average user. Most of the people I knew that were in the Macs, they almost all did publishing. Right. That was what it was known for. Mm -hmm. It was good. It had the Adobe suite of utilities. Right, and it also you can't discount the fact that the Mac had the first commercially available um, laser printer um, that you could that wasn't the size of a house. You know that you could buy at a store that didn't cost an arm and a leg, and that opened the door for every school in the country to have their own you know basically print shop. I've never heard that. It's strange to me because that that uh, first of all I didn't know Mac led the way in that. Look it up. Most, I'm not saying you're wrong. It just uh, strikes me as odd. Yeah, it's it, uh, here, a lot of people don't know that that don't really that aren't real into Apple history. The laser writer. That's the name of the It's odd that a peripheral mm -hmm. would be Mac exclusive. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. It couldn't be used on a PC? I, I have no idea actually, but yeah, the laser writer was the first Who made it? That Apple, Apple actually produced it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the same thing with the digital camera. They had the first commercially available, not crazy expensive digital camera, See, the that's Quick Take. The, that's the other thing that surprises me. It was an Apple-based peripheral that wasn't crazily expensive. Right. Uh, if you look at LGR has reviewed both of these, and he says the exact same words because they were very reasonably priced. And it was, you know, Apple... I guess, you know, they have a reputation for, for being expensive, and some of their stuff is expensive, but I've never found them to be crazy, crazy, crazy expensive compared to the PC. I disagree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Just look at, look, at the, just look at the price of just one of their computers. There, I mean, if you, the PC equivalent would be, well, that's if, if you, would be ridiculously cheaper. Now, that said, you are buying, you're not just buying the hardware, you're buying the Mac Apple uh, environment, you're and, also, there, and there is therein lies the extra expense, presumably. Also, you're getting the glamour and not, and everyone knows that you got a Mac. I guess well, well, you're, you're you're getting you're getting a whole package. You know, you're not getting a system that you have to buy a lot of extra software for if you want to get into creative stuff. It comes with you know a great 
video editor that is miles beyond, you know, I'm, I'm falling into my pitch when I used to work at Apple. You but, are, because, um, because I, I'm going to disagree with you on this, too. Well, uh, don't disagree too fast, because I'm not sure how much you've used the stuff that's come with a Mac. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, if you show me a, 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 a current day Mac, current day. Okay. Now, there may have, now, there's a time where this would have been a different story. But having looked and read a lot about the, what's what's the current offer, and, and you've got to admit this, even you, that they have uh, been very lax in their in oh, their yeah. Mac they don't production. Care. I guess I'm thinking about this from the time that that's I was there, which I mean. has been 15 yeah, years ago. That's now. right. Now that's a whole and, different story. I'm not yeah. going to go down. I'm not going to fight that battle. But uh, they something I, they don't care that much about the Mac yeah. line. Well, anymore. it's not the Mac is is not making them money. Um, it's, yeah. it's just causing them problems. The, they're, they are the iPhone company. It's got to be, it's got to be, this is the point where they've got to be, if you're a Mac user from old school, it's probably irritating. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I listen to guy. I listen to podcasts every week where people just endlessly complain about how Apple doesn't care about them anymore. And that's part of the reason why I stopped using a Mac is I, I, I wasn't happy with the way that they were trying to make their computers more like the phones. And it seemed like they were dumbing down the, the desktop experience to make it more iOS-like. So. Well, all Apple products have a. Uh, Apple has done one. They're very good at, at not only protecting their uh, brand, but uh, making their brand appear uh, high end. Oh yeah, and sexy and uh, obtainable. On if you have a certain level of money, that's what they do, uh, and uh, uh, very stylish. Yeah. So, yeah. The way they've got the best. I think that they have. They've consistently had one of the best, you know, marketing teams. You know, uh, you you look at it. You look at what Dell. Remember the dude you're getting the Dell guy. That was the PC's response. You know, to the- you know, I, I'll tell you what. Just to summarize, I was I was listening. Art, I was re- reading an article today about ticket sales for wrestling, and they said one day when Vince McMahon took over the WWF, they took their pricing, and they went from they started charging triple or five times the amount of money for the tickets and they know and people are like you're an idiot you're gonna get killed and they noticed that ticket prices and income went way up mm-hmm. right because people at that point they weren't going to a wrestling show they were going to a premium event priced at a at, to let you know that you were going to something that was special sure and that worked you yeah, know, and so it was the same event. Yeah, you know, but yeah. so there's something to it. Vince is not; he's no dumb cookie. He knows he, how to make money. Yeah, he yeah. is, and that's a whole other. Next time we do one of these, it's time to talk about the WWF and their stock market. Oh, value, right, that'll be next. The next trip out. All right, guys, look forward to that on an upcoming insert disc too. Uh, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us here in the chat for the last uh, four hours or so. Uh, Edvin, thank you. Uh, Paul Harrington, Lobs Terminator, Necronom, Pixels at Dawn. Hey, I'm glad you made it safe to Seattle. Enjoy your time in the yeah, States. Yeah, hope it didn't rain, man. Yeah. Um, man, we've had a ton of people Ricky in here. Ricky DeRocher, thank you. Duncan Styles, uh, Trey Guard, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And we will see you next time. Adios. Adios.